0: On tap here. Last show before the all-star break, so uh that ought to let you know what we're planning for tonight. <laughs> Alright. We are logging logging sports. I am Bo along with Samantha Bun and Matthew Irby. We're gonna be talking all-stars and little armchair umpire at the end. Like 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 usual, you know, just another day in Paradise. So uh Samantha, how are you doing up there? In, where were you, are you in upstate New York? Is that where you're at now? No, Maine. Maine, okay. Maine,
1: Maine. Maine. No ocean in upstate New York. Um, <laughs> oh. We're in Maine. <laughs> it's been lovely so far, except apologies to everyone. I'm a little bit froggy sounding due to either a dirty air conditioner at our summer house or possibly reactivating to the local flora, hard to say, really, at this point, only been here for three days,
0: so, unsure,
1: but apologies for the prod boys.
0: <laughs> All right, Irby, how about you? How are things down in Texas?
2: Hi, wonderful, good times, uh, you know, doing a lot of hiking with the family and a lot of swimming, so, you know, can't complain, cannot complain.
0: All right. Well, uh, as as mentioned, this is the uh, the last show before the All Star break, so uh, we're we're gonna have some fun with that uh, throughout the next hour or so. Samantha, you want to kick us off? Yeah. Let's let's
1: jump right into the All Star thing to start out um, because I, you know, we've all established that we don't think fans do like a great job um, of voting on these things, and and this year it appears that the the players in the league have also done perhaps a not-so-stellar job uh, in the, the choices that they have made. So we just kind of looked through the rosters a little bit. And I would, I'd like to point out a few things that I will quibble with here. Um, first of all, we have three teams who have dominated this. So it's Texas, Atlanta, and Toronto. So two of these you feel like you can make like a pretty good argument for? like, well, of course those people would be voting a lot right now, especially with respect to the starters, um, because their teams are doing so well. And, of course, additional people from those teams would be taken for the roster because they're performing well. So that's Texas and Atlanta. Toronto, Whitmerry Fields, guys. <laughs> Whitmerry Fields is on the all-star team, um, which feels fairly unnecessary, since it's not like there weren't other representatives, several of them, actually, for the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm um, not sure Vlad Jr. was the correct choice, Um an additional first baseman either. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, otherwise, you know, a lot of these I know, you know, people like Salvi or, um, you know, Mike Lawrence and sure, everybody gets a, a rep, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, like there's, there's got to be somebody, and I, I think it's good that every team gets a representative, but there there are some, some people here that I'm, I'm a little baffled by. Um, I... Gosh, which Some of the ones, they, they did a better job actually on the National League roster than the American League roster. I mean, mm-hmm. like, you know, Nolan Arenado, okay, fans, maybe not, but okay, you know, that somebody was going to get in. Mm-hmm. Certainly, mm-hmm. yes. But like, why was Pete Alonso the Met who made it? And I say this is somebody who very much loves Pete Alonso, but like, he's not having a good year. Like, there are other people on that team who would have been better representatives, and they, I suspect that this is the home run derby conspiracy, where you have to give him a spot on the All-Star team or he's not going to agree to do the home run derby and everybody wants Pete in the home run derby. And hey, I don't know, guys. Like, I mean, there were there were some deserving people who were brought in um, as reserves. You know, guys like Lourdes Gurriel and, and Nick Castellanos and, you know, I think uh, George Soler. And, and um, you know, these are fine. You know, David Bednar certainly... I, Henley Jansen, you know, some of these, you know, Felix Batista and Yannick No, you know, there there are some guys who've made it who I think, yes, that's exactly the right person. But there are a lot of people who are like, what are you guys doing? So we all know the fans are dumb, but are Mm -hmm. like, is the league also dumb? Are players dumb? Like, I'll, you know what, I'll turn it on my own team so that you guys know I'm being objective. Emmanuel Cossé, are you freaking kidding me? He's blown the, his last two saves. Like it's like people looked at and they're like, he's the saves leader, and it's like, have you looked at how many saves he's blown? Have you considered the fact that he is only the saves leader because his team cannot score enough runs to not ever not be in a save situation? And like, I don't know that like the counting stat for closers is really all that great if you don't take the counting stat on the other end of it into account. Like blown saves. Like why was this Emmanuel
0: Clase and not Josh Taylor? That is ridiculous. <laughs> Okay, I'll give you one. Uh, I texted you guys about this last night. Julio Rodriguez, j Yeah, <laughs> yeah. got an OPS
1: seven
0: twenty four. Yeah, is that the Derby thing again? If
1: it has to, to be, to Derby, right? We'll let you be on the team, like because you know we
0: love Julio, but come on, come on, <laughs> man! I, <laughs> like of of all the guys on the Mariners, I get it. You know that Mariners are hosting it this year, so you do want that guy in the Derby. Right? But come on, man. Sure.
1: But then what's George Kirby doing here? Why, why is George Kirby here, then? Explain that to me. I, like, if Julio has to be there as, like, the fan fave, like, you know, home cooking thing for the Derby, then what, what is George Kirby doing here? Because Luis Petito was clearly your, like, person who actually deserved to be elected to the Right. So, like, yeah. Like, what is going on here?
0: Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> and I why do we know. have
1: 10,000 Blue Jays? <laughs> why are there so many Blue Jays?
0: I, you know, that I don't get. That I don't get. Now, uh, I th- I think when you look at how many Rangers were elected starters, that's because they were going head-to-head against Blue Jays, right? Like, if the fans had done a little bit better job with the first phase, then you probably wouldn't have four Rangers in the starting lineup, right? Like, the, you put a pair of up against somebody else. I mean, the only one that really had an argument was Bichette against Seager, but Seager's had a pretty good first half, too. So... That, to me, is why we ended up with so many of them in the starting lineup. It, it, it was the head-to-head. It was Blue Jays and Rangers across basically, like, the entire ballot. So, it was going to be Right? right? So, th- that's what happened there. It's the reserves that get me. Because Julio Rodriguez, he, he was – that's either player or manager. Right? He was one of the last ones added, so that tells me that was manager and not players. Um
1: I think it might be the league
0: actually. The league. I believe that was a league selection. Was that a league selection? Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? And then of course you've got some of these that, that were selected that aren't gonna aren't gonna play like Shane McClanahan. Well now they're gonna have to replace him. Like why select them if you know they're on the IL? That I don't get. Like
1: I, yeah, that's even worse than like the fans voting in yeah. like
0: Mike Trout.
1: Like, what are you doing? Like, I mean, well, and let me ask you this. Would you be less mad if it was the fans that voted in Julio Rodriguez? Because I
0: know I would be less mad. I would be it. less mad, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I would be less mad because that's just the fans being the fans. Right? Like, like, right. Like, well, fans, like... Fans mess this up every year. <laughs>
1: right. Well, and I, I think you can make an argument that if a guy is really fun and likable, especially if he's the hometown team, that, like, I'm kind of okay with the fans putting somebody like that in. But, like, you know, you people who are supposed to know better... Like, because I mean, we know the fans don't know what they're doing. Like, mm-hmm. do you know that Mike Trout is actually very bad right now? And now he's a broken handmake bones? So, I mean, do you know this? Like, <sighs> I, <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you know that Nolan Arenado is really bad right now? But, like, okay, fans are fans. Like, fans are dumb and they vote, you know, the volume voters are not necessarily the, the quality voters amongst fans. Mm-hmm. But, like, just somebody explain to me. How some of this happened? Like, I just...
0: Oh, I, I wish I had it. Maybe Erby, do you have an explanation for this? Because I've got nothing. Like, there's there is no explaining it. I don't think.
1: Explain Whit Merrifield to me. Explain that to me.
0: <laughs> the name they wanted. That the also. Na-
1: I would also like to ask his parents <laughs> what happened.
0: Yeah, you guys are not gonna let
2: me warm up. You're gonna make me start with Whit Merrifield. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess my only argument there for Merrifield would be uh, who else are you putting here? Uh, um,
1: I don't know. <laughs> I can think of a long list of American League infielders who should be there instead of Merrifield, like a lot of them.
2: Yeah, it's uh, – okay, so you know, the first point that I uh, like, I, yeah, the I'm not a huge fan of the voting in putting somebody in there knowing that they're not going to play. Um, you know, you mentioned McLaren, you know, Jordan Alvarez is the one as well And it's, I, I mean, it just seems like it's the, uh, the, the weird part too is, is that they'll make that announcement and then it's, there's this like, well, he's hurt. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah we're going to announce the replacements here soon. You, you couldn't do that at the same time, knowing the guy is hurt, not going to play. Like I, yeah. Um, and that's where Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. That was, you know, okay, that's at him here because of the hometown one. I'm a big believer of the home run derby uh, that you guys were talking about before. I think that's big. Uh, hey, we're going to put you on the All-Star team. We just need you hitting the home run derby. So, uh, yeah, I think we have a, a good handful of the hoops And um, I Okay, so I do get, whether it's a good argument or not, it's probably not. I do get the whole hometown. You're the hosting team, so let's Let's get in here. Um, I, the, the George Kirby you brought up to me—that I, I actually was a little miffed that he uh, Luis Castillo got in over Kirby. I would have put Kirby in first, and then Castillo can be your replacement one here. Um, but I, um, and then the Class A, yeah, that one's that one kind of made me chuckle as well. Of like, yeah, whole body work, sure, the numbers look great, but not as of late, so. Um, but I agree with you guys. I think the NL roster is a little bit more rounded. I think it's a little bit more solid. Um, and we'll, But we'll see. I mean, because this has become, uh, the, the, the pitching that we've seen lately, you know, this has become a, a game for those that will sit and watch this game where you've got to capitalize on your opportunities. And if somebody gets an open door, you get an opportunity, you got to get the runs in there and get the win. Um, thankfully, it's not. <laughs> we're not doing uh, the... Uh, conversation of uh this deciding the world series anymore so thankful for that but uh (laughs) i it's it's i i i i guess the the thing of what i would do and this is maybe a little bit of my 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 dad coming out here a little bit like at least the argument we're having is kind of not splitting hairs but it's definitely stuff of like okay it's the whitmerry fields. Um, you know, why, why him and their decisions like that. It's not something just completely drastic where we're like, how in the crap did this person get in? Um, And and that sadly, that could have been a a conversation because of the way we have it. We could have had three, four, you know, blue Jays starting this thing and we would all be going, how are they starting? This is not the best that we can have.
0: Yeah. Samantha, anything you want to add there?
1: Did did someone think that Mike Trout was the best thing that
2: they could have? But that's just, I mean, that one, no, no, I'm with you there. I look into the year of Trout's head, but that is one of those, unfortunately, this goes back to what we've talked about before, where you've got to be able to pass some kind of um, intelligence test before voting because there is a huge percentage of people that are voting Mike Trout without even looking. Oh yeah. Well, Mike Trout, I know. I've heard he's good. Yeah. He's always good. He's always good. have no clue what his numbers are. Absolutely no clue. And, and, but honestly, and, and there, there's the difference between the, the how we want to have this conversation. I don't think Major League Baseball, especially with the current leadership, is ever going to do anything about that because they want the Trouts, the judges. You know, they want those names in there. Alonzo, they want those names in there. Whether they are deserving or not, they want those names, and they're going to continue to let those guys, whether I, – <laughs> I mean, this is also – you want to get into the voting thing, what kind of oversight do we have on this voting? I'm not saying we got hanging chads or anything out there, but what kind of oversight do we have that these numbers are any kind of legit? That's
1: a it good was question. It better if we had hanging chads. Like, yeah, <laughs> because then I it's it's very hard to stuff a ballot box by hand. <clears throat>
0: it's true. That's true. I was this just. At, true. I was just started to pile of like, like buy it, then you know, it just t- trusting that the the stadium staff would grab my ballot. No.
1: Yeah, I mean, there would have to be a pretty big conspiracy for somebody to be stuffing the ballot box in that manner. Like, but now it's like, well, we don't know that. Like, I don't know, like Blue Jays fans have not really invented a bot that votes all day long, so. They're are Nolan Arenado fans. Oh.
0: Nolan Arenado does get me. I'm like Really? That's, that's, Jeez, that's, your, like, that's your go-to? Really? Like, oh, my gosh. But, <laughs> All right, Samantha, what else do you have for us tonight?
1: <laughs> All right, so let's talk about another All-Star, somebody who probably does deserve to be there, um, Marcus Stroman, who was uh, chosen for the All-Star game, which was a good selection, I think, uh, despite being on a very mediocre team. He's had a, a lovely season. Um, which sort of begs the question of why the Cubs are essentially refusing to offer him any kind of contract (laughs) extension. So I don't know what you do here. I mean, is Strowman really part of your long-term plan? I understand the argument against it. Mm -hmm. I also understand that this is a team that is not likely to be competing for a playoff spot in any capacity Uh, by the time the deadline rolls around and the, the smart play might be to trade him uh, if you feel that he's too expensive going forward. You know, he is not super young um, so you would probably be signing him knowing that you're going to be buying decline years in addition to peak years. Um, so I I get it from that perspective um, but it's it's weird, right? It's a weird situation. I know the Cubs fans are upset um, but I was curious about sort of you guys' opinion. I mean, where, where are we really at on this? Like, are we like, it's unusual to negotiate midseason. Um, it's not that it doesn't happen. It's just not particularly common. So, okay, but what are they really doing? Are they just saying, look, we want to see more out of you, or, or we're not sure yet, or it depends where we go? Are they setting up to trade him? Like, what, what do we think is really happening here? It's, you know, we, the only transparency we have on this is on Stroman's side, who clearly feels that he should have been offered an extension. But he's obviously going to stump for that, and he also has to understand that he might become a very valuable trade chip mm-hmm. if things go downhill for the Cubs. Although I, I suppose I would add that in that division, I mm-hmm. don't know that we should say that the Cubs are out of it and that they shouldn't keep him and try to win it. <laughs> you know... If nobody else tried to take it, so... <laughs>
0: You know, I, I think my favorite part of this is, is how how the report came out. It was quote, "not they were there, the Cubs are not inclined to give a contract <laughs> extension at this time." Like, like that is very awkwardly worded. I don't know why we, we went that way with it, but uh, regardless, I, I mean, th- we talk all the time about how wins and losses for a pitcher are completely overrated stats. Like, they're they're not garbage stats, but they're not something you should put a lot of clout in. It's a perfect example. He's nine and six with a WHIP of one point oh nine. So. He's having a fine year. He's pitching well enough to be one of those trade chips, like you're talking about, Samantha, that could go to some of these contending teams that need a starter. But I don't know what the Cubs are going to do because they're in the National League Central. It's a front office that I, th- I, think, I think I could be wrong on this, and if I am, just let me know, but I think it's a front office that would know what to do even with what the standings are right now in terms of do they trade him and get prospects for him and, and open up a window a year from now, two years from now? Do they, do they, do they, do they think about 2024, 2025? I think they would. But it's still a crapshoot, right, Erby? Like, 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 we really don't know. I, I do know that he is tradable. I, yeah, I do know that he would be an outstanding pickup for a lot of these contending teams. I just don't know if the Cubs are in it, out of it, or kind of in limbo. So I really don't have an answer. Irby, how about you? Do you have an answer on this one?
2: I Well, the only definitive answer I can give you is, is as soon as you guys mentioned uh, paying, trading and paying for a guy on the decline, Jerry DePoto's ears popped up and went, What? Ooh, I can do that. I can do that. Um, as for the Cubs, yeah, I don't know. You know, I guess it depends on the week, and this is a bad one. This is a bad week. Things are not going great right now, so all of a sudden they look like, you know, as we sit here discussing it tonight, there are seven games out of this division, a division in which a week ago we talked about anybody can flip and win this thing. You know, I Cincinnati has stayed hot, and it's starting to make the conversation um, back to a two-horse race. As Pittsburgh is has you know, pulled themselves out, and Chicago is, I, this is a, you know, they <laughs> They could accomplish this season what Colorado can only dream of, and they could finish 500, uh, and and that would be good. And that's not going to be enough to win a division. It's going to be enough to have you in the conversation. But the division is not going to get you a wild card at all for the National Leaguers right now. So it's the division, and can that can that 500, you know, 81 wins going to win you a division? Absolutely not. You know, I, no, I don't think it is. So I think you do make the trade. Um, I, I think you should be inclined to trade him. If you're not inclined to extend him, then you should be inclined to trade him. Um, again, Bo, I'm with you. I love the verbiage here and everything. It's like if you're not inclined to sign him, what happens if they sign him? Was it like, well, yeah, we weren't inclined to do it. We just went ahead and did it. You know it, Um No, I, I, I think this gets. I think this trade does get done. Uh, I, I think the Cubs do need to do this. They do need to move on, and it's partially because. The Cubs and where the division is, they are in this conversation. Like, like not this season, but the fact that we're having this conversation, that they are close, then yeah. Why don't you get this done and and go and trade him for, you know, it doesn't have to be Major League Talent, but maybe. Maybe some, some A Major League Talent, you get some pieces that are actually going to be performing for you in a couple seasons. And we have seen that recently. Uh, when you you go back at, the, like, the Joey Gallo trade, I mean, my gosh, the Rangers have got three guys in the majors right now from that trade. Mm-hmm. So that is something that they can do. That's, and that's, that's a power hitter who strikes out a ton. Here's a starting pitcher. So with the run, with some of these teams, that the, the, what they need, I, I feel like the Cubs' offer is going to be too good to pass up, and, and you're going to make this trade. They're going to be inclined to make this trade. <clears throat>
0: at this point what I need is for the Cubs to lose the Astros number because the last thing anyone needs is Strowman in an Astros uniform. Samantha, so, anything you want to add here?
1: Um, well I just agree with you guys. I think the verbiage is rude. We're not inclined. Like right. I, there yeah. there's some like lack of finessing happening there that is ridiculous and shouldn't have happened. You know, if you don't want the guy running his mouth off, that's probably not the way to say it. Um, but I, I will say, in the Cubs' defense and, and in the argument for trading him or perhaps just for not extending him in general, um, I, you have to look at this. And I, I say this as somebody who likes Marcus Stroman very much and wants to be wrong about this. Um, do we have a bit of an A.J. Burnett thing going on here? You know, like mm. This guy really hasn't been all that great for most of his career. He's been good enough with flashes of great. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I, I think I would be very wary. Were I a trade partner, or were I the Cubs, about the contract year situation thing happening here. I hope I'm wrong about that, but you know, saying no, that's fair. That's,
0: that's fair. You know, like like the whole because like, you know, the, the contract walk year inflated oh. numbers. Like that's that's not a, that's not a myth. No, no. <laughs> for those out there that think it is, it's not. <laughs> so, all right. What else do you have for us tonight, Samantha?
1: All right, last thing, so last week we talked about the Padres of the East, and this week we're going to talk about the Mets of the West, um, (laughs) you know, continuing series about people who nonsensically spend lots of money and then can't figure out how to play baseball and no one understands why. Um, We we are back to Mets of the West, um, Mm -hmm. because... I think we decided that the Mets were worse right now, and they're holding steady at a a half game back as of Wednesday evening from the Padres. (laughs) But that doesn't really do a great job of sugarcoating the fact that this is an extremely expensive team that was built to win right now that is and 40-46. They are currently behind Miami, the Dodgers, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, San Francisco, and Pittsburgh in the NL wildcard race. (laughs) And this was a team that felt like they were going to win the World Series, or at the very least the NL West. And they're not even in the conversation for that. There are only five teams behind them. They're closer to the bottom than they are to being actually in a wild card slot. Mm -hmm. So, like, I mean, I don't know. I feel like we dunk on the Padres a lot, but I also feel like they kind of deserve it. (laughs) Because how do you manage this? I mean... It's bizarre, and it actually makes less sense than the Mets thing because you can look at the Mets, and you can pick apart where the flaws were in the roster construction. So look at all these old people. How did you not anticipate that many of them would get hurt or be in decline, particularly the pitchers? This just seems like something that like, maybe one should have thought about. But it's a little bit harder to, to go with the Padres, I guess, in that respect because like, when you look at this, like, the number of people who are just like star-caliber players I mean, they have a worse record than than my team, than the Guardians. And we have, like, one dude who's, like, a a big-name star caliber guy. It's it's Jose Ramirez. That's it. It's Jose Ramirez and a bunch of people who, like, nobody outside Cleveland really cares about. Um, They have, like, seven people like that, most of whom are much more highly regarded even than Jose Ramirez. Um, And not to mention some some pretty big-ticket names, uh, in the rotation as well. And yet they suck. So does anybody want to take a pass at this? Or is this just like Mets going to Mets, but it's Mets of the West?
0: I mean, yeah, that's, that's just what it is. Like it's, it's, you know, I mean, we actually grew up with, you know, the Steinbrenners and the Yankees and, and, and using their, their massive amounts of cash to, Finish off their roster. It seems like the Mets and the Padres were trying to buy the entire roster, and that never works. Yeah, right. That, that is the yeah. difference. That is the difference, right there. It's like it's it's if you if you're if you're making that big pickup because you have a hole in left field and you, and you want to add some offense, that then, then that's what you do. You, you spend the hundred and eighty million dollars on a five year deal for a bopper that could play left field. Right. You don't you don't buy the entire roster. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, because they this put never works. Together. It never
0: works. It never We've works. We've seen
1: now, so many people try to do this. It never works. <laughs>
0: like, uh. so here's my question, though, Samantha. Here's here's my question. If you're the Padres, you ha- it's a PR disaster because they need to sell. Mm-hmm. Right? They they need to sell. Yeah, I'm looking at Juan Soto, who has another year of arbitration left. So, but you you could get a lot of prospects back for him right now, or you can hang on to him for another ill fated run next year if you really truly wanted to. But there's all kinds of pieces on that team that would fit these other rosters nicely. Like you, they, they could if, if they wanted to. They could, they could take half that roster and turn it into in, in, into a, a bevy of prospects and retool for next year with with a a much more sound roster, right? If they wanted to, but because of everything that they spent, all the moves they made last year to even get Soto in the first place, for example, it's a PR nightmare because now you're telling your fans, "Well, okay, we tried, but now we're, now we're going to have to sell off some of these some of these guys because we're not in contention." Great.
1: Right. Well, and it's not going to be a short turnaround either because they've been systematically selling off of their farm system right for years in what has mostly been like very poorly executed trades, Mike Glevender. Like I, this isn't new and the the farm system isn't healthy. I I think it's one thing to do this. If you can kind of afford to reboot, but like no matter what you sell, even if you sold everything, which you're obviously not going to do. And a lot of these guys, unfortunately aren't tradable under their current (laughs) contracts, but for the people who are, even if you, if you sold off everybody who is, then number one, as you have correctly pointed out, you have PR disaster, no matter what. Also, that's not going to make you a good team next year because your farm system is so ill. It's like Uh extremely unhealthy that it's not like, Oh, well we'll be right back next year because we'll get these like nearly ready prospect. You're not going to be able to bring in enough. So you spent all this money. You have nothing to show for it. You traded away all your prospects. It's like, this is where I think that people get confused that not all rich teams are created equal because what they're doing and what the Mets are doing that's just bleeding the farm system and trying to buy an entire roster has nothing in common with what Steinbrenner was doing with the Yankees and what we've seen the Dodgers do, what we've seen the Red Sox do. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I mean, say what you will about a guy like Dave Dombrowski. Like, yeah, he'll got your farm system, but he's going to get you a win a long way. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not not going to get you anything, and it's going to gut your farm system, and it's going to bleed your coffers, and, like, I mean, I don't think AJ Preller is a particularly good GM. I think he was given a lot of money to Mass X. like, and he's showing himself to be not very smart about what he does with it.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Irby, how about you? What, are you? what are you thinking here with the, with the Friars?
2: It's difficult. Like, I, some days I forget. Um, even in the middle of the conversation, I think I lose my train of thought and realize that if we're talking Padres, we're talking Mets. It's so similar. Um, but, you know, we, we, we laugh about and we've joked about in the past, where we, you know, the Phillies, it was the, you know, spin like drunken sailors and then, then they stopped spinning like drunken sailors and they started winning baseball games. Why? Because you have to overpay for some good talent and you have to be smart and underpay for good talent and then you have to draft well good talent and you have to find good talent in multiple avenues. You can't just open up the paycheck and get all your good talent. It's not baseball as, as you've said about what the Yankees in the nineties, that's not what happens anymore. It's a different game. The Phillies did that finally. And, and they learned and they got better. Um, and we saw the, the, an interesting run last year. The Mets are learning this the hard way. The, the Padres are learning this the hard way because um, it is a roster. I mean, my gosh, it's, I, I, you you look up and down this roster, and this is this is the reality of what's different between real baseball, real life baseball, and video game baseball, fantasy baseball. Fantasy baseball, you would win with this Padres lineup. Video game, you would win with this Padres lineup. But that's not. This is not a video game. This is not simulation. This is not. This, this is real. You know, and these guys have to go out and they actually have to perform and you haven't put the best players around to perform. And now that they're not performing, your biggest issue here is, as you guys are pointing at, you've spent so much that you've handcuffed yourself on what you're going to go out to make this better. Whether that's using the paycheck, what's left of the paycheck using the farm system. You do not have those options anymore because you've done it for this. And you make I I I crack up at you know the move from a it was a yesterday DFNA Nelson Cruz, um, okay, that's that wasn't the issue here. <laughs> I, could, I I look at some of the guys on the roster the, 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 the depth and, and I use that word only because it's the word that we have to use here because it's not much depth, um, but the depth there it's like boy you you had to hear that it's coming down that someone's getting DFNA. And there are a handful of players in that clubhouse who had to be thinking, well, it's probably me. Yeah, it's got to be me. Like, like it, this isn't one of those that everybody knows who it's going to be. There's a handful of players here. So I I, I, I share the similar kind of doom and gloom of I don't see what you're doing. I don't see it getting any better. And the options are not there. Like, Like, there's not much that you can trade for to fix it this season, I, good, good luck, and, and then the other problem is, is this, that what's crazy about this is that if these guys were in the uh, NL Central, it probably would be okay, like, like it would be ugly, they would be winning the division, and we would all, not we, as in here, but we'd we, 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 get distracted of, oh yeah, look at them winning, they're winning, it's like, yeah, but they're not winning well, like, like they're winning ugly. And this is not something that's sustainable, and this is something that's going to fall apart in the postseason. And so, but unfortunately, you play out West, and there's a Dodgers team that still spins smart, a lot smarter than you do. There's a Diamondbacks team who has built the farm system a lot smarter than you have. And there's a Giants team that's two decades into proving they know how to uh, to step back to step forward. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then there's Colorado display for 500
0: <laughs> All right, Samantha. Anything you want to add here before we get into into Irby's topics?
1: I just that I personally do not believe the Padres could win the NL Central.
0: Oh, ooh, let's take them down
2: like that. I like that.
1: <laughs> well, the Cardinals or the Brewers or many of the many teams that are better than them.
2: Oh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> this, this team is just mess. They are mess.
0: All right, Erby, what do you have for us this week?
2: Well, it's uh, you know, but you mentioned it about the uh, the All Star, and one of our favorite things about the All Star weekend um, is is the is the long ball, is the big boom, is the fireworks, and so um, just a little while ago, as we sat here, we we, we we finalized our field, and we finally have who it's going to be. Uh, hitting in our home run derby. Um, and it is some definitely late assignment guys jumping in there, um, thanks to the injuries that we kind of talked about before. But um, I I guess I'll, I'll read all, you know, I mean, it's – the format is the same. It's it's kind of the, the head-to-head matchup. Um, and, and we are seeing Luis Robert Jr. and Adley Rushman head-to-head. Uh, one, you know – Barrett's got some serious pop. Very interested to see what Rushman does there. Um, nice to see the youth up there. Uh, Pete Alonzo, Julio Rodriguez, as you guys mentioned. Julio in front of that home crowd. Keith with some serious power. That could be a powerhouse, dynamic head-to-head matchup there. Uh, Mookie Betts and uh, Baby Vlad. That's plenty of entertainment, too. Wonderful stuff. To back up there. You get your Cubans, Adolis Garcia and Randy Rosarina, or uh, I guess we shouldn't call that. We should call that the, the St. Louis Cardinals bracket. We should. Uh, right? Because that should be two-thirds of their outfield.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, uh, them serious pop uh, with, with some of these guys. Uh, I just want to get y'all's take on what you're, are you excited about this? Do you think there's somebody that was snubbed that you would have rather? Obviously, there's, you know, we all want to see Otani, but with the injury stuff, we're not going to. But, uh, and then who are you excited to see get out there and, and, and mash some balls that are definitely not juiced, right? They're definitely not.
0: Oh no, they're they're, they're not juiced at all. No, uh, I I think they got the field right. Um, based off of the pool of players available. I think they got the pool right here. Um I am curious I think that that the the the, the record you mentioned there, uh Garcia and uh Rosarina. Like I, I really think that's that's the one I'm most interested in because because it, it, of their background, you know, just because of their stories. Um, but for the most part, I mean, look, I think it's a good, it's, it's a fun field. Um, the fact that it's in such a pitcher's park is always interesting to me, Samantha. Because <laughs> I mean, how many are we going to get? How many home are we are we going to have a monster home run derby, or or are we going to see a lot of them die at the warning track?
1: Yeah, I don't think we're going to see our highest totals here, although I I do think you're right that that (laughs) ball's going to be juiced for this for sure. So that'll help. But, I mean, like, I, I agree that I think the field is fine. It could have been better, but it's fine. Um, I think the whole is a little bit different. I, I think it, I feel like less like precious about it in terms of like who deserves to be there. It's more like who's going to put on a good show. We can't do anything about it. Tani obviously you don't want to risk an injury. If I were an angels fan or a show, a fan, I'd be furious if he decided to do this. So that's, mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, I, I have a little bit of an issue with like the bracketing here because like who put Julio Rodriguez and Pete Alonso into the head to head in the first round.
0: It's a good question. Like,
1: I, those are those are your two best entertainment products based on past performance here. Now, obviously, neither one of them is looking like their best self so far this season. But they are the two who are in this, who we have seen before, who have just put on a tremendously good show. And that's what the Home and Derby is really about, right? This is 100% just there to see who's going to give us the fireworks. Yep. So why would you take those two dudes... Hometown favorite, guy who basically willed himself to a victory last time. And then the guy who's basically the king of the home run derby and be like, you know what, we're gonna put you two head to head in the first round. Like, this is dumb. Who did this? Like mm-hmm. that there is absolutely no reason that it needs to be seeded in any specific way. You could pull him out of a hat. Like, I uh <laughs> oh, bad, bad, bad. Like but I think
2: that's that there's the issue. You've hit it perfectly. This is the problem that I have with the format. That's Major League Baseball going, okay? We're going to engineer what we want to see. We're going to engineer what fans want to see. They want to see Alonso, and we've had too but many years of that, hoping. Though.
1: But no one wants that. No one wants to see those two in the first
0: round.
2: Go ahead. No, 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 no. That's nobody the thing. That's that. the problem. No, that's the problem. Major League we want those two in the finals. But Major League Baseball's seen too many years where. Pete has a great first round and then tires out and he doesn't advance because he just has a couple, gets into a little bit of a slump. And then we don't get that matchup. So here's Manfred going, okay, well, we want to make sure we at least get that matchup. And it's become the first round is going to be our entertainment. I, I it, it, it speaks to me, how I look at this, it almost speaks to me as though, folks, just watch the first round. That's where the most fun's going to be. Don't worry about the rest of it. And that's why I don't like this format. I don't like it because it is. We are going to see some of the best stuff early on. And we make them play three rounds. Yeah, they're exhausted. I'm exhausted watching them swing.
0: Well.
1: I guess. It's just that, like, <laughs> the last three home run derbies have been really good.
0: Yeah. They've really been good. Now, I, I actually, look, I like the head-to-head. I think the head-to-head is I fine. too. Um, you know, but, again, we're relying on baseball who struggles, let's be honest, in this department of the proper entertainment value of the game. It's, they struggle. Uh, so mm-hmm. so even this is actually just perfect baseball. This is perfect for Major League Baseball. You finally get the right format for the Home Run Derby, and you screw it up with the matchups.
1: Yeah. You, you could have seeded this any way you wanted to, right? Like you could have lied and said it was random, and then engineered them. Like, no one would know. We mm-hmm. would have no way of knowing, and instead they do this. And it's like, this is so dumb.
0: This is so dumb. Uh, uh, oh, boy. All right, Irby, what's next? <laughs> Baseball. Hello?
2: Hmm, excuse me. So, uh, you know, we talked about All-Star Game and everything and all that fun seminar, so let's let's kind of dabble in a little bit of our future potential All-Stars and and. Wish it was a little bit more of All-Star Week, but, you know, I can't get everything I want. But the draft, the Major League Baseball draft is around the corner. Um, And we have got that first round's coming up Sunday. And this is unlike other drafts, as we've always talked about. You know, this isn't players aren't going to get drafted immediately, join the team, and boom, boom, boom. But Uh this draft is a lot of fun. Um, I, I... you know, you would cut me off way before I'd go on for, for hours and hours and talking about how many wonderful prospects and great finds and everything. But this is a weird draft because it is a similar one that we've seen in the past. Um, where I'm very, very confident in how the first five picks are going to go. After that, this thing gets crazy. You know, And and last year was a great example of, there was some really top-tier talent, and we always talked about it, and then you see Kamar Rocker get selected third overall by the Rangers, and everyone, well, we didn't have that in our mock draft. Well, who gives a crap about your mock draft? Like, it's, they're, it's so wide open. Baseball draft is so much different from every other's because it's specific things you're looking for. It, it's history that you're looking for and players the positions they play. Um, and then we get this year where I'm – Betting money. I'm not a big gambler. I'm not a big money guy here, but I'm betting money on the top five. Um and the top five is the teams, as we you get you know, it's the pirates, the nationals, the tigers, and the rangers, and the twins. And the five young men who are gonna go, it's uh which is great for the twins, like it's the easiest thing in the world. You just take the one that's left over. Um Dylan Cruz, the the wonderful center fielder for the uh, LSU Tigers, uh national team, LSU Tigers. Um Golden Spikes winner, pretty decent season the year, going to 426 batting average. I would say that's a pretty good year, uh, batting 426. His counterpart, uh, the right-handed pitcher Paul Steens. Uh, outfielder for the Florida Gators, Wyatt Langford. Uh, this kid, I, I think I have big quads. Oh, you, you, you've seen me, so I've got some big quads, Wyatt's got me beat. Wyatt Langford's got some serious quads here. <laughs> <laughs> this kid is usually our best power prospect. Um, and then we've got, always, as always, there's a couple of um, high schoolers. And this is the one that I, it's uh, Walker Jenkins, um, high school outfielder out of North Carolina, and Max Clark, uh, high school outfielder out of Indiana. Both of them hitters. And this is one, Bo, I know this is always big, big for you. Uh, as baseball has turned, as baseball has gotten smarter, as baseball has understood the draft maybe a little bit better, no high school arms there. We have the one college arm, and he, he set the SEC record for strikeouts and definitely pitched way too many pitches this season and is going to have his issues and all that. But I there's some real good up-the-middle talent here on the hitting side. We've got one pitcher, um, but this is a couple years in a row of – this hitting, and, and it's hitting that is actually sustaining, and, and we've seen, and the Pirates have had success with that with Henry Davis, uh, who they brought up recently, so I'm very intrigued to see, you know, all five, how that plays out, um, and I could sit here and go for a while, but Cruz and Langford will be a lot of fun, because these are the kind of guys, this is, this is what Major League Baseball is starting to see more of, and it's players that... Are going to college. They're sticking around in college for a while. They're getting drafted high, and they're getting promoted within two years.
0: Hmm. Who's going to slide? You want you, you want to turn this into a parlay if you're betting. Who's who's going to slide? Anybody? Anybody of, big of the, of those five? No one. No, no, none of those five. But as, as when you get past your 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 realm of of, of certainty. Who slides? Who's the Who's the one that's going to slide? Because nobody thinks they can sign him. He's going to college. It's going to take a boatload of money. Who is it?
2: Oh, okay. Um, hmm. Ooh. Good play. Good play there. Um, I will probably go uh, with the uh, Sitton, uh, the, the the high school catcher Blake Mitchell, um, out of Sitton, Texas. Uh, pretty strong college commitment. It his thing is all. It is going to be. Um, if he's a top 10 pick, if he's a top 10 pick, the money is there for what apparently his camp is saying. Granted, don't it's what our camp is saying. Shut up. I can't stand that. Cr- like, like, either you're taking the money or you're not. Uh, but because of the pool money, how the slotted money goes, yeah. if we see Blake drop out of the top 10, I don't think the money's going to go, and he's got a pretty strong college commitment, so I see him going to college. So that would be that would be the slide that if it doesn't happen, watch him to go down. A few rounds, and then hopefully, maybe someone thinks, "Oh, maybe we can get it done."
0: All right, Samantha, we're going to hold Irby to these bets. Um, just, just you know, I'm not putting a stake bet on this because it's Irby and its prospects, and I would never do that. I'm not that stupid. <laughs> but we got to mark these down so we can we can hold them accountable if it doesn't go this way.
1: Well, I don't think anyone should be
0: betting on the Major League Baseball draft, including Irby, because, like,
1: weird shit happens. <laughs> so I don't really think anyone should be letting any money on this at all. Um, it's not the most predictable thing. Um, but I am happy to see. That's me, by the way, actually, that hate the high school pitchers. That's actually me mom, um, so perhaps you do too as well, but, but that, that is me, Irby. Um, it's always complaining about people taking <laughs> high school pictures. Um, it ends up being
2: all three of us too, yeah, none so. of us are like, just don't do it! Yeah, no,
1: I have a big gripe with that, but I guess, I don't know, I, th- I think it's a little bit hard to be interested in, like, the early um, picks and these, because they're pretty much givens. For the most part, like, we know who's going to go early. Um, I think it's more interesting when you get into the later half of the first round, what ends up happening there. Every once in a while, you get a surprise. You mentioned the Kumar Rocker pick. It doesn't happen very often in those first few. It's the, the chaos that comes after that that's actually a lot more interesting. So we shall see how it goes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Irby, what, what What is uh, what's what, what's your third topic for this week?
2: Well, I you know had some fun with some of these things, and um, so this is a tradition that I don't necessarily plan, um, but is planned for me. And and I just really kind of want to get y'all's take if this is something you, um, and again, I'm not going to say suffer. This is something that you experience as well. But I, I love baseball. You guys know that. Um, everybody, I, like I love it, absolutely love it. But I'm also a, um, a, a father. Um, my husband, and have a full-time job. Um, So, occasionally, I might take a nap during my game. Uh You know, a good Saturday afternoon, probably did some yard work, went on a hike with the family, get that 1.30 game. Yeah, about 2 o'clock, we may be passing out. And I have the ability, so I have a couple abilities. One, um, I'm really good at, you know, when the team is doing really poorly, I'll turn it off, and then they somehow seem to come back. So I won't watch the rest of the game, and, and if that gets us a win, then he gets us a win, and I don't have to watch watched it. But I also, the Rangers do well occasionally when I'm napping. And get y'all's judgment, and if you've experienced this too, if I'm napping and they are winning, I'm usually going to roll over and try to continue to sleep a little bit longer and miss baseball that day.
0: Oh, you have to. I mean that's that's just superstition 101. Whatever you're doing that's that's causing something to happen that's good, you have to continue to do it. Otherwise, you you, you let the you let the nothing in. You don't want the nothing in there, man.
2: So me napping is good. It's helping the team. Yeah. I'm, I, I, it's, it's the team. Okay, so see, yeah, I'm not I'm not too crazy here. Have you done it, Bo? Have you have you napped during baseball or or, or have any?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, well, of course I have. Especially those late night games. <laughs> i'll catch like all right you know i'm gonna sleep through the i'm gonna sleep through the middle innings here and you know we'll see what it's see what's going on when i wake up and you wake up and the rangers are up i turn it off go to bed same same principle samantha what about you i mean I, i think i know where you're gonna go with this but still
1: yeah i mean i don't nap so i i can't comment on that i don't believe in naps i hate them Um, so I don't ever like nap in the afternoon. I guess where I would run into this is like a West coast game that's running late and it's like midnight my time and I start falling asleep. Um, I don't know that I think my fear is always like, I'm trying to stay awake and trying to stay awake unless it's a game that you feel like is a lost cause. It's more for me, I think it's more like, are you willing to let this game go either because you're far enough ahead that you're just going to trust your team to hold the lead and you really need to go to sleep or, Mm -hmm. You're so far behind that, like, it ain't gonna happen. You might as well go to bed. And you're never surprised when that happens. You know, I don't think it's ever happened. I think it's gotten a pretty good radar for, like, what it's worth staying up. Like, games have vibes, I always say. There's the games where you feel like you have a chance to come back. So you better stay up and you better watch. And then there's the games that you just know, man, like, this game has bad vibes. We're not gonna win this. It doesn't matter. Just go to sleep. So I think where I more run into the superstition angle is if I'm like, I will always, always, always put the game on no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing. But, you know, it might be like right now, for example, I'm doing a podcast. I'm not paying a ton of attention to this game because it isn't going great. But what I worry about is like if, for example, right now the Guardians were to mount a tremendous rally in a game, which they're losing rather badly to the Atlanta Braves on Wednesday night and I wasn't watching it. I might, I think this conversation has actually happened. I think I've said this to you guys at some point where I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't start watching this because, like, when I was paying attention, it was going badly, and then I stopped paying attention, and it got better, and now I'm afraid that if I start watching it again, I'm going to tank it, so... I guess it's kind of the same thing as napping. As someone who doesn't really nap, I can't say. But Mm -hmm. it's definitely that, like, I don't know, like, am I causing this problem? I think that's the whole, right? And, like, yes, we know. We know. Everybody here knows that, like, it has nothing to do with us. But, like, find me a baseball fan that, like, isn't going to buy into that if they think it would work. It's part of the game, man. It's part of being a fan. Like, have to consider the possibility (laughs) that you might be screwing something up. Like you just in case you just in case you can't risk it. can't risk
2: it. I think that's it right there. It's the can't risk. Like, I don't, I don't want to, I would rather the team win than find out if it is me. Like it's, it's, I'm okay. I'm okay doing that. And and yes, no, I'm with you. And the nap is, you know, that's a great example. The nap is just one of many things. Maybe it's, maybe it's working out. Maybe it's doing laundry. Maybe it's, you know, (laughs) playing cooking. Something like that, It's. it's I, I am just saying, like, if I'm doing something and, hey, things are going well, I'm not going to watch the um, You know, this is what it takes. This is, you know, this is my, this is, I guess for us fans, us, us weird individual fans, it's our connection. You know, I, I feel connected. I. You know, it's me looking at the Rangers and going, I got you all today, guys. I'll take it off and spend, you know, watch a movie with the family. Y'all get, the, y'all get the W today, because if that's what it takes to get the W, it's worth it. Because at the end of the day, it's all, the, you know, Al Davis had it right there. You just win, baby. Just whatever it takes to win. Yep. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm, I'm big, big on that. So I'm, I'm with you there. It's what, whatever it takes to get the W. And, and, yes, 100% do know that me watching or not doesn't actually do anything, but it's not worth the risk. I'm with you. Not worth the risk.
0: Oh, boy. All right. Moving on. So one more all-star topic uh, before we get into these wild card races and Armchair Empire. Um, what event – this is a question for both of you. What event would you add to the all-star game? I'll start off. I'll lead off. I've, I've always been a fan of a skills competition for outfield assists where you have the outfielder's position wherever you left, center, right, wherever, and they throw to a base. And you could you could do it it's very similar to, like, you know, like like a horseshoe pit where, you know, if it hits the base, it's the most points and, and it, you know, it, it, add points around for, like, you know, how close they get to the base on their outfield assist throws. That's what I would that's, – that's the event I would add. Uh, what about you guys? Samantha, let's start with you. What, what event, if you could add to the All-Star game, what would it be?
1: All right, well, I warned these guys ahead of time when we were planning this. Now you guys have to hear it, too. Nothing. My answer is nothing. (laughs) I I don't, like, really want to see, like, random skills competition. Like, the NBA stuff doesn't really do it for me. I I think that Major League Baseball, as much as we gripe about it, has the best all-star product of any of the four major sports by far. It's really not close. So, Uh you know, if it ain't broke, don't break it. They're trying to break it by... Setting up who's in it, so but I, I don't really feel that
0: another element would add anything for me. <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough. Irby, how about you?
2: Well, I, I technically can give you two because one, Bo, you kind of have mine as well. I've always been a big fan of that. Um, similar one, like center field, and put a target near the plate, have them throw uh-huh. to the target. Yeah. Um, so I'll I'll then go I'll go catcher in um, kind of a around the horn type uh, rapid fire. The catcher gets three baseballs, and he throws the ball to first base, second base, and third. And you know we're going to measure where the ball lands. Who can get the three close? Whoever gets the closest combined distance to each of the bags. If you hit the bag, that's a zero.
1: You are describing
2: bocce. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I know. I know. But I just want to see I, I just want to see catchers. I just want to see catchers do it.
0: <laughs> All right. OK, well, you know what? I would I would actually watch that as well. So, you know, but I'm also a, a baseball nerd. All right. Let's let's get into these uh, wild card races here before we get into armchair umpire, uh, because I mean we obviously know the division where the divisions are at. Some are competitive. Some are not. And some are only competitive because everyone in a division is terrible. Uh, the wild card races are a little bit more wide open. So I, I guess, Samantha, where are we cutting off? Let's start with the American League. Where are we going to cut off the contenders? Is it, I mean, yeah, Cleveland five and a half out, but also very much in line uh, with that division as well. So after Cleveland, you get to Troy, who's 10 out. So that's our line, right, for the wild card. That, that's, that's the line. For the American League, like basically, if you're if you're if you're at Cleveland within five and a half, you're in contention. If you're not, then you need to be looking to sell people.
1: Yeah, I think that's a reasonable place to cut it off. I mean, to me, you could probably even cut it off like one ahead of there because, like, I'm assuming Cleveland is probably going to win the Central. I don't really expect the Twins to get a wild card, and if it's a flip flop of that, I don't expect Cleveland to get the wild card. So. Mm-hmm. But I I agree with you that I think 5.5 seems like a reasonable place to cut it off in terms of number of games because 5.5 would be very doable if Mm -hmm. somebody went on a run. So, yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other criteria we need to lay on this mostly because of the fact that, like, I guess I feel pretty comfortable just tossing out the AL Central on the American League side of this Mm -hmm. and just saying, like, look, There's going to be a division winner. Probably it'll be Cleveland. If it's not Cleveland, it's going to be Minnesota. Mm -hmm. I doubt whoever is the runner-up in that is going to be a participant in this. So we're looking at second place in the NL West and then the AL East teams. Mm -hmm. I guess that's mostly where I'm cutting it off. I feel like we can be more specific this time around and say – See, because like look at this, I don't consider Boston or Seattle. They're technically ahead of Cleveland. I don't mm-hmm. or the Angels. I don't consider them you know, the Angels are only four out and yet I there is absolutely no I have zero belief that the Angels have a shot at going to the playoffs. Like like zero. Mm-hmm. So which is mostly Angels. But I mean do you think Boston's going? Do you think Seattle's going? Because I sure don't. So it's like, okay, so it's Boston, Houston, New York, and Toronto. So there's really only one person who isn't going to make it who's realistically in the race, and to my way of thinking, anyway, in the American League.
0: No, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. Ir- Irby, how about you? What are your thoughts here on the AL?
2: Uh, yeah, it's a similar hard, bold line. Uh, tigers and down are done. It's over with. And the swans on. Would, would you get your royal names ready and all that? Because the Tigers about to lose a home series. To open, so you're out. Uh, I love the, the explanation there of how this is because, yeah, between Cleveland and Minnesota, we're only going to get one. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Boston, I mean, sure, Boston is five out right now in fifth place in the division. So, I mean, even if, 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 the, if the AL West were to fall off, you're only going to get four teams out of there. So someone else has to drop. So, yeah, this, this four, five number all of a sudden becomes a very, very important number. And it is a number with half the season, just a little bit under half the season ago. It's not difficult to make. I mean, it's difficult, but it's nowhere near a a, a gigantic task to make up four or five games. They're going to get it done if these teams are worthy. If the Angels, Red Sox, or Mariners are worthy, they can get that done. But go back to what you just said. What about those teams makes you scream, yeah, yeah, they can get in it. Yeah, they can absolutely get in it. Those guys can pass. Toronto, New York, Houston, mm-hmm. pass and stay ahead of them. No, not seeing it. I, 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 you know, it's one that I'm not writing out that Angels, Red Sox, Mariners by any means. But right now, no, I think it's those. It's it's that Toronto mark. Uh, the, that, that that two, you a know, 46 and 40 Toronto mark that has become the mark of that's that they're up is what's playing for the postseason. Mm-hmm. And you know a. Obviously, the numbers are all different because of like the point I made about Cleveland, Minnesota, where it is going to be one of those teams. So, no, I I think we get two teams, absolutely get two teams out of the East, and the West is going to find a way to get one. So now it becomes <laughs> those head-to-head matchups suddenly just become that much more intriguing.
0: Yeah, the AL, the, the AL East and and the Wild Card race that that's going to be fun to watch in September. Uh, Samantha, let's switch it over to the National League, which. The, the National League is is it's it's much different than the American League. You've got three teams right now as as we record this. Mind we record this on Wednesday nights. Three teams are tied for that third wild card spot. Yeah, Philadelphia, who based off a of winning percentage would be in right now because they've got uh, one less loss. But Milwaukee and San Francisco are in a virtual tie with the Phillies. And then Pittsburgh is sitting there five and a half out. That's the drop-off between tied for the third spot and out of the wild-card race, right? Five and a half out, San Diego's six, the Cubs are six, the Mets are six and a half. I feel pretty comfortable saying, you know what? Maybe the the Mets are the only ones with the talent on the roster that can make that run, because I'm not buying the Padres. I'm not buying the Cubs. The Mets, if they just got their act together could make a run, but now you're starting to talk about all these teams ahead of them. So where do we draw the line here? Is it Pittsburgh, five and a half out and down? If that's the case, then pretty much the entire National League is going to be selling this month.
1: I think this one's really different because I think for this one, part of the problem is is that I'm not particularly convinced by the teams currently holding the spots which is very different than the American League, Mm -hmm, right? In the American League, you're looking at the three that are hanging onto a spot right now and saying somebody from below is going to have to do something dramatic or one of them is going to have to have, like, a catastrophic tank Mm -hmm. for them to get pushed out. In the National League, yeah, I think the Dodgers are going to be fine. I think the Dodgers are going to make it. But, like, Miami and Philly? Not 100% convinced that either of those is actually a wild card team. They might be. They mm. might be. Maybe. But just the fact that I'm more sold on Philly than I am on Miami I ought to tell you something. Because Philly's a couple of games behind Miami right now. <laughs> so, I mean, while I also find Milwaukee and San Francisco and Pittsburgh and the Padres and the Cubs and the Mets all very underwhelming, I don't know that they're necessarily all that much more underwhelming than like where Miami might be by the end of the season. So I'm not, I feel like you have to extend the field a little bit here, not by number of games, but by the fact that the, the incumbents are not terribly convincing, um, especially when you start laying them out against, I mean, neither, the problem is the teams behind them aren't either, right? Like, does it, Milwaukee and San Francisco, like, get get excited. <laughs> the, <Brewers laughs> and the Giants coming for you. Yeah. So, you know, I guess you could argue for the status quo, but, like, I don't know. I, I'm so underwhelmed by the entire field. It's like I kind of, like, feel like your point is correct, that, like, maybe they should all be selling, but also none of them are going to. No. Because technically speaking, the ones <laughs> in front of them also probably ought to be selling. So yeah. this, this one's – this is a little bit of a wilder wild card situation here. I think you have to – to keep everybody probably down to the Mets in the mix, and, and you know we're all still talking about the Cardinals like they might actually win their division, despite being in the bottom. So is anybody really out here except Washington, Colorado? Maybe not. <laughs>
0: maybe maybe not. Maybe not. But I, you know th- those Mets, like that is that that is the team I'm watching for for trade deadline stuff this month. Um, yeah, you know because yeah, like if, if they decide to sell, there there's some there's some big names that that could be moved uh, as well. Uh, Irby, how about you? What what, what are your thoughts here on the National League?
2: Uh, yeah, quite similar thing of, you know, uh, what the point Samantha made is, is you look at the chasers and who who and that who amongst them is going to, you know, do what it takes. Sure, the talent is there for teams like the Mets and the Padres, but are they going to do it? No, I don't. I don't see it. You know, and and then you, what's up above? You know, the Marlins and the Phillies banging head to head, and the Dodgers and the Giants and and the Diamondbacks are real close as well. You know, those those five teams banging it out for for four spots. I, the, the unfortunate thing, what I hate, is is that <laughs> because of that, we are going to potentially see Milwaukee just kind of do their thing and slip right on in in there in the last spot because they don't have to play uh, as tough of a schedule down the road. But I, I don't know. I mean, that's what's great is, is it's it's five teams there. I do think it is those five Um you know and, and you have to put Cincinnati and arizona in there as well where you know out of those so that's seven those seven teams two of them won divisions atlanta's going to <laughs> atlanta's going to win that division i i do believe that arizona and and the dodgers are both playoff teams whether one's a division winner one is a is a wild card so now we're looking at okay do you have you have one central winner between Cincinnati and milwaukee does the other do just enough to slip in and where the, you know, I, the teams that we're reading on here, you take off the Dodgers and you look at the Marlins, Phillies, Giants, and Brewers. And, and my gosh, I, I'm sitting here going, why is it? I feel the most confident about the giants, even though to y'all's point, it's not one of those teams that are going, <gasps> here come the giants. Like, it's not one of those teams, but everything there, you know, like, yeah, it's the giants and then the Phillies. And, but, I, I, yeah, this, this one is different because what's ahead of them and the lack of belief what's below them that I I, I am really excited about how these guys are just going to kind of, I mean, just bang on each other. Uh-huh. And, and and somebody, you know, it, the beautiful thing is, is that three teams will be standing in the end. <laughs> they will be. And those two other division winners, I have no clue, but I am absolutely here for it and And it makes this month that much more important. Not just trade deadline conversations, but the play as well leading up to it. And that's what's the beautiful thing about July baseball.
0: All right. Samantha, anything you want to add there before we get into armchair umpire? Nope. Nope. All right. Irby, let's dial it up. What do you have for us tonight with armchair umpire?
2: All right, cool. Well, um, you know... We had an interesting one last week of, you know, what timing makes a big deal and, 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 you know, the number of outs, situations like that make, you know, all the difference in how a ruling is done. And so kind of a similar, a very, very similar situation here um, in a in a simulated game. Um, and I'm stressing the simulator because this is definitely one that I'm going to stretch y'all's imagination on, uh, just a little bit on a plausible play. This, this is plausible. Um, definitely something we probably wouldn't see for obvious reasons, as you'll see. But it's, it's getting y'all thinking on if it were to happen. Uh, so Dodgers, uh, Dodgers and the Cardinals uh, squaring off in a, in a beautiful matchup here um, in a 2-2 in a tie. Uh, we, are, we are down in the bottom of the ninth inning here, the Dodgers at the plate. And uh, with one out, they are able to, uh, you know, double <laughs> move the runner over to third. So, one out, you, runner at third. And the Dodgers are going to put on one of our favorite plays, that good old safety squeeze. Ooh. Uh, do everything you can to get that run in. What are you going to do to get that run in? So, before the play comes up, as the the Cardinals on the mound, as the Cardinals are are, are pitching, runner at third. As he begins his windup, the Dodgers runner at third breaks for the plate. He's got the beat. He's got the beat. He's going. He's trying. It's almost a steal of home, but he is going. And... (laughs) Cardinal first baseman, Paul Goldsmith in this situation, who is playing up, got to play up in this situation because any kind of a bunt, you got to get the play home, realizes that we're not going to, this play is not going to play out well. You're not going to get the ball there in time. He's going to beat it. As the pitch is being thrown and Goldschmidt playing up, Goldschmidt actually catches the ball before it reaches the plate, makes the catch And tags the runner out. Wow. Getting the the potential winning run out before a play even develops, before anything else happens. Both managers are screaming and yelling. (laughs) You guys are the umpire in something that we... Unbelievable. But it just happened in front of you. What are y'all calling here?
1: I'm calling bullshit because that's impossible. Thank you.
0: Thank you Samantha. Thank you. <laughs> oh man. Um, well, okay. I
1: just I'm sorry. I'm not willing to answer this. Because there is no way that a first baseman can get over there that quickly and intercept the pitch. It is a technical impossibility.
0: It is not possible. <laughs> this is not a real
1: baseball play.
0: Well, Hmm. If it is possible, which it's not
1: <laughs> Why are we doing this? It's not possible. It's a I'm,
0: real thing. Because I'm curious. I like, like obviously there's something in the rule book for this, otherwise he wouldn't have brought it up. So I'm curious what actually would happen if this somehow did occur. Um okay, so an infielder catching the pitch. And tagging out the runner, it's – I don't think that's legal because the catcher is technically not an infielder until the ball is put in play, right? So I would think it would also go the other direction where a position player can't come in and catch a pitch and tag a guy out at home. So I'm going to – it's some sort of interference. I don't know what the interference is, but it's some sort of interference – and the uh, runner is safe. Or told to go back to third. It's, it's one of those. I still don't know which one to go with.
1: Well, I mean,
0: I don't know. I just, like, I don't...
1: I can't really answer this, honestly, because it's not possible. Um, but I guess I'll play along. Um, I don't really understand how it could be anything other than just, like, a like, because you can't do that. You can't just decide <laughs> that, like, I'm sorry, because I, I can't, I can't do this. Um, I, I don't know what the specific rule would be that would prevent the first baseman from doing this, um, but once the pitcher starts his windup, that's a pitch, Mm-hmm. so I don't know if there's a rule about somebody coming out in front of the plate to intercept the pitch to tag him out. Like, does the fact that he actually began his windup mean, okay, now it's a pitch, which would mean, theoretically, unless there's a rule that says only the catcher may receive that ball and tag out the runner... Mm-hmm. then to me that means the runner is out. Like, I hate this, and I think it's stupid because it's technically impossible, but it makes me think that actually the runner is out because I doubt there's a specification that says it must be the catcher who receives that ball.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mostly because nobody ever thought of it because it's not possible, so there would be no reason to think of it. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, that's my best guess is that he's out. But I'm going on record and saying this is this is stupid because it's not possible. I'm playing this under protest.
0: I'm going to say, I'm going to say the runner's out too. What do you got?
2: All right. So I, before throwing out this crazy one, that that's, that's, I, (laughs) hopefully I said it well. What are you guys doing? Um, Is that all you're doing is it's the runner. It's just the, uh, the runner is out.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. Um, so this is a – you guys are 100% right in that this is not going to happen. You would have to have a first baseman playing up. This is like softball close, and it's more likely where you potentially would see it is a softball. And you'd have to be playing within 10 feet of the situation, and nobody is playing that close. And that's where the fun of this book, written in the 60s, um, definitely is a, a – a not. A possibility, but a higher possibility. But, yes, unfortunately, there is a weird rule uh, in Section 707 (laughs) in which it deems this is actually referred to as a fielder's balk. Oh, wow. Uh, And you guys are right on, yes, you cannot, a fielder cannot touch the ball until the ball has crossed into foul territory here. On a pitch, when the pitcher is on the rubber and has thrown it over the plate, it's crossed into foul territory. Obviously, the batter, the offensive side, has the opportunity to hit the ball into fair territory, and keep the ball into fair territory, thus beginning what we see in baseball all the time. But a pitch here where the batter doesn't make contact and the batter doesn't even get an opportunity, no, the, offense, the defense obviously cannot touch it or anything. So it is referred to as a fielder's balk, Incredibly illegal, as y'all were saying. And the weird thing about this is that it is actually a double penalty. The run is allowed to score, and the batter is given first base. Wow. So there's your fielder's balk, the play that will never happen. But the only weird thing is is that last week we had a weird situation, and it almost happened, so... (laughs) <laughs> that's kind of my motive here. I'm just trying to put it out there in the universe.
0: <laughs> a fielder's balk. Imagine
1: that. I mean, it makes a lot more sense than what we said. It just makes less sense when you consider the ridiculousness of the entire
2: thing. <laughs> <pan. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> I, like, as a manager, I, I, I can't even manager, announce everything. I think that's why I enjoy this one. Just everybody, you would be sitting there going... Okay, I don't know what happened here, but that is something illegal. Though you said it was. Like, something illegal has occurred, mm-hmm. but I can't quite comprehend what you just did. Like, like, this is something that, yes, it's softball, it's Little League baseball. That's more likely where you're going to see it. You would have to have a, a knuckleballer throwing even 50 miles per hour. I guess that's where we would see it, potentially, is somehow we have the, uh, the position player in there throwing 37 miles per hour. So
1: but then Bo was kind of right though. He was kinda of right about this.
2: Yes. Oh yeah. He called it no. Fielder's
1: interference. We didn't know the term fielder's Bach. But technically fielder's he was right.
2: Oh. Yeah. oh this is a this is I, I I was not planning on giving you guys a, a loss on this one at all because of the utter ridiculousness. <laughs> it was simply my whole motivation here was when I read Fielder's Bach. It was Okay, I want to talk about fielder's balk. Because what? A fielder's balk?
1: I mean, because, okay, if you didn't know what that was, what would you have assumed it was? Because nobody would have picked this, right? I no, would have no. assumed that that was something more akin to either, like, direct interference, like blocking the bag or something, or doing something that disrupts the pitcher's windup. Like, calling a timeout after the pitcher has begun his motion. Like, that's a, that's, that's got to be what a fielder's balk yeah. should be, right? That's what I would have guessed. Like, oh, the first <laughs> baseman tried to call time to stop a runner from going for second after the pitcher started his motion. Fielder's balk.
2: Like, this <laughs> <laughs> so goofy. <laughs> Well, that one, in, or, or the, you know, because if a pitcher steps off the mound and then throws over, but then that wouldn't be a balk. Like, oh, yes, it was, there's numerous things of fielder's balk. And, and that was mine, too, Smith. That you said. It's like you start your wind-up, and your first baseman yells, hey, what, I'm pitching. What the crap are you doing? Can you imagine being a pitcher in that
1: situation? What are you doing? <laughs>
2: yeah. Hey, man, I'm in the middle of pitching right now. i know. was just say yeah. Hi.
1: I haven't yeah, like excuse you, Paul Goldschmidt. <laughs> like no. what do you think you're doing here? He's running home. We have to get him
2: out. I see that. Let me throw it home, <laughs> and Contreras will catch it and tag him out. I
1: think he's definitely gonna score now. Thanks, buddy. Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, this was
1: ridiculous, and also hilarious.
2: I, um. I. And that was, you know, call it All Star Weekend, call it Draft Weekend. That's why this is kind of the bonus one that you guys could not lose. But by playing along and throwing something out there, we're going to count this one as the W. This is a win. This is a win for y'all. <laughs>
0: cool.
2: A win on a fielder's block.
1: <laughs> block off fielder's block. Block off That's
2: fielder's That's Never box.
0: happened before. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah I, You just actually just wrecked my brain there with that smitha because now I'm thinking about that <laughs> and, how, and how absolutely amazing it would be for a game to end in such a ridiculous manner.
1: Could you imagine what would happen to that first baseman, especially if it was like a high stakes game? Like that's like the biggest bonehead move Ever. You know, like, think about how mad we get at a guy who, like, touches a ball that's going to go foul and, like, bounces it into fair territory and then he lose a game. Like, how mad would you be at this guy if this was your team in a critical game? Like, that that guy would have to, like, join witness protection.
2: Don't you think it's possible, like, if it's Javier Baez running home and maybe the Pirates are out in the field, that this is possible? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because you're 100% right. Can you imagine your teammates like, just the catcher, like, what are you doing? Oh, I tagged him out. That doesn't count. (laughs) You can't catch the pitch. (laughs) I, that is, again, it's the motivation for this. Last week, the scenario we threw out for everybody. Samantha, you texted it to me a couple hours later saying it almost happened. Yeah, like, we were very this. close to that
1: exact situation.
2: Yeah, so, so perhaps I, guys, go watch <laughs> baseball tonight. <laughs> uh,
1: if that happens, I'll never, ever stop laughing. Uh. <laughs> also, I'm going to start, you know, peddling our services, like, as psychics. Or perhaps as people who, for the right price... Can engineer something had to happen to your baseball club, or perhaps to your rivals' baseball club. So we could be moving go. into an entirely different market. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: boy! All right. Well, <laughs> thanks for the ridiculous jolt in the show, there, Irby. Uh, nicely. T- <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us. We're out of here. Don't forget to give us a like. Subscribe to the show. Hit us up on Twitter. Let us know how we're doing. All that fun stuff. Until next week, watch some baseball. It's good for you.